I want to share with you this morning some things about holiness from the scripture. Um, I trust that uh, uh, th that didn't mean that uh, in our churches we should just preach one message on holiness and be done with it. <laughs> That's not what it meant. It said they would preach periodically on holiness. So I, I trust uh, that Joshua will preach on holiness, that Dan will preach on holiness, maybe David will preach on holiness. Uh, you know you know very well that if all four of us preach on holiness, it won't be can't come out the same way. <laughs> you know? uh, um, so after, after conference, I spoke to one ministry, something about preaching on holiness, and, uh, and he said, uh, you know, I, I'm one step ahead. He said, I... I preached to my congregation last Sunday on holiness. And so that was, good, that was good to hear. It's good to, when you look at a certain subject, a certain topic, or a certain, a certain word, it's normally good to see how it is used uh, near the beginning of the scriptures. And so uh, I'll just show you uh, in the scripture the first time the word holy is used and the first time the word holiness is used. So you may turn to Exodus chapter 3. Just 
a few days ago, something jumped out at me like it almost always does when you read the Scripture. It says in verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. I, I hadn't thought, given much thought to that part of it before. In the flame of fire. Yes, we, we learned in Sunday school from little up that there was this bush burning and it didn't burn up and then God had a conversation with Moses. But then I recall, I, I remember seeing some pictures of, yes, the burning bush, but like an angel, maybe kind of faintly standing there, representing the presence of God in that situation. Well, it says, there it is, in verse, the beginning of verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire. Verse 5 now. We're looking at the first time holy is in the Bible. Verse 5, I'll just read verse 5. And he said, this is God speaking, Draw not hither, nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Why was it holy? Because God was there. I don't know any other reason why that ground would have been holy. Why that place would have been holy. Why the situation would have been holy. Other than the fact that God, Moses was meeting God face to face. God was there right then. That made it holy. Now, let's turn over a few pages. Over a few pages is the first place that the word holiness is used. Chapter 15. Chapter 15. Now, as you quickly look at the beginning of chapter 15 uh, and so forth, again, you see the situation. Well, it just begins by saying, then saying Moses and the children of Israel. This is after they had been, de been delivered by the sea, been delivered through the sea. They went through the sea. The enemies were drowned by the sea. And so in, in recognition of this, in, in praise and adoration to God, we have chapter, chapter 15 then, or most of the chapter, the first part of the chapter. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song to the Lord. Now, where is the word holiness? Look at verse 11. They're, they're saying this song. They're singing this song. This is part of their song. Verse 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness? There it is. First time holiness is used. The people were recognizing the holiness of God. Fearful in praises. Doing wonders. The people recognized and were confessing this, the absoluteness of God. The holiness of God. The, 
the sovereignty of God. So, back to that first time the word holy is used. God said to Moses, Moses, take your shoes off. Give me your attention. Because the place you are standing is holy ground. And I suggested that the reason it was holy is because God was there. It said in verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him there in that burning bush. When you're on social media, when you're taking your time looking at various social medias of the internet, is God sitting right beside you? Are you communing and talking with God and having fellowship with God while you're doing that? Would you be taking your time with those particular sites and spending and maybe wasting that kind of time if Jesus were there trying to talk to you? If He were sitting in the seat beside you watching your screen while you watch the screen, would you? Does it matter? Let's think about uh, the meaning of the, the word holiness. And you could probably give me the meaning without me telling you, but it's good at least to think about it. So uh, just by looking at Strong's Concordance and uh, what it says and how it uses uh, the word um, here in the Old Testament, of course, as it comes from the, from the Hebrew. Um, it has these, these kinds of meaning and is used in these kinds of ways. To make or pronounce clean. To make clean, you see, or to pronounce clean. Uh, the pronouncing has to do with, you know, if, if we are obedient and do things God's way, and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to wash our sins away and that kind of thing. We are obedient in various relationships to God. Then, then we can be pronounced clean by God. Uh, and in the Old Testament time, if certain steps were taken in various um, ceremonies and so forth, then they could be pronounced good or pronounced clean. Okay, So to, to make or pronounce clean. Uh, to be purified, uh, to be sanctified. Uh, thus and so, so, so if something is purified or sanctified, thus uh, uh, it can be a sacred place or a sacred thing. Uh, to be consecrated, dedicated. And then, of course, that Hebrew word for all these meanings are coming from, then it is sometimes used as, as holy or holiness. So, you get the idea. <clears throat> Let's turn over a few more pages to chapter 28 of Exodus. Chapter 28 of Exodus.
verse 36. Chapter 28 of Exodus, verse 36. And so this is describing uh, Aaron, the high priest's uh, garments and, and what he was to wear in doing his high priestly work. And so in verse 36, it's talking about his headgear or his turban. Um, in, in the King James here, it uses the word mitre, but it's, it's his turban. And uh, so verse 36, And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord. And then it's supposed to be put on his, on his headwear there. Holiness to the Lord is what it said. And so Aaron would know that on, on the front of his head, he had this gold plate that said holiness to the Lord. He knew it was there. Everybody that saw him could easily, of course, see that it was there. He was operating as a special minister and a special go-between between the people and God. And this was a holy thing. And he was to be holy. He was to have already gone through all the steps to make him ceremonially, ceremonially clean and holy. And then he was fit to, to be a, a go-between, a priest between man and God. Holiness to the Lord was on his forehead. <clears throat> By the way, we won't look at it right now, but uh, when we get to the, the writings of Peter, we will see where Peter says something about how, the, how, we, how we are, how we operate in the New Testament Let's turn then to Leviticus and look at a couple of places there. Le Leviticus chapter 11, first of all. Leviticus chapter 11. And uh, verse 45. Leviticus 11, 45. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. If you claim to be in a close relationship with God, if you claim to be in communion with God, if you claim to be um, saying yes to God, you know, in other words, he, he's saying to them, you realize people, you realize, people, I'm the one that brought you up here. You realize you are where you are because of what I have done for you. And they would have to, of course, say, yes, yes, God, we, 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 we know. You're exactly right. We, we wouldn't even be if it wouldn't be for you, God. That bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt. They knew that. They could not argue with that. They knew it was a miracle. Not just for a day or two, but for a period of time where these miracles were happening that eventually got them out of from their Egyptian enemies. And they were walking with God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. I mean, is that you and me this morning? Do we realize that? Do you realize that? 
And therefore, it's God right there like the burning bush with you. And, and, and the place around you is holy because God is in you and with you and you're communing, communing in communion with Him and walking with Him and talking to Him. Or does somehow that shift a little bit when you get your phone out of your pocket or sit down in front of your big screen? I hope not. But I hope we're thinking Now, we'll look at a couple more scriptures here in Leviticus and then uh, look at one in First Chronicles. Then we're going to turn to Peter. But I'm going to point out something. I'll make note of it as we go here. There's numbers of these places where we're talking about holiness and looking at holy. And it speaks at the same time about obedience. What am I saying? I'm simply saying this. I'm trying not to say any more than the Scripture says, of course. But dear ones, you, you, can, you, can, you can act as holy as you, as you want to. You can say, yes, yes, I'm in communion with God. Yes, yes, I'm walking with Him. Uh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm doing this. But if we're not being obedient to God and those in authority, and all of us are under various authorities, if we're not being obedient to God and the authorities over us, I don't see how we can say that we're very holy. Again, I repeat, in various places here, in relationship to holiness, it also speaks about obedience right along with it. Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19, the first three verses. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Ye shall fear, fear every man his mother and his father. And shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. You want some homework? <laughs> Why is verse 3 there? Why did he bring in? What does this have to do with? Them? Why did he bring in about respecting your father and your mother? Why did he bring in a being about being obedient to those in authority over you, such as your father and your mother? I don't know any other way to look at it right now except to say that that's so important. And if you expect to, to say that you're holy and living a holy life, then whoever's in authority over you, whether it's... Of course, it's God, uh, your parents, uh, the, the church, uh, the, the, the leaders of the land. Those are all authorities. And uh, for some reason here it said, holy, I am holy, you should be holy, verse 2. And then he said, you shall fear every man his mother and his father. 
That's one, that's one command to be obedient. And keep my Sabbaths. That's another command to be obedient. Chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse 7 and 8. Chapter 20 of Leviticus, verse 7 and 8. Sanctify yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am the Lord your God, and ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctifieth you. Verse 8, and ye shall obey my laws and my commandments. Ye shall keep my statutes. Did I say that obedience and holiness are right side by side in various places? We've looked at a couple of them now already. Now, just to make it easy to turn to so we won't have to be turning back and forth, I want to show you one other phrase. It's in the Scriptures a few times. 1 Chronicles 16. 1 Chronicles 16. And it's verse 29. 1 Chronicles 16, 29. The phrase is the beauty of holiness. Verse 29, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Uh, I suppose that could be a message all in itself. What is beautiful about holiness? I'm submitting to you right now that it's very, very beautiful. And it can be described in, in various ways. Yes, when you're on holy ground and God is right beside you and you are talking to Him with a smile on your face, and you're in communion with Him, and things, and you are saying yes and amen to Him and His will for your life. That's beautiful. When you have that close relationship with God, and everything is right and true and upfront and just and, and, and honest, you're being completely open and honest to God, and, and, and you don't have fears, and you don't have guilt, and you're not trying to argue with Him, then that's beautiful. It gives you a beautiful feeling inside. You are at peace and rest. And that's beautiful. You can say that in various different ways. I won't keep saying it. But let me give you another illustration of something that's beautiful about holiness. You've heard this in general before, but, but sometimes people of the world will say something about uh, you people at your church. Um, you're, you're so beautiful. Or they all have an expression that's very similar to that. But sometimes they actually use the word beautiful. Your ladies are so beautiful. 
And, and what are they saying? Well, you know, we're not made of special genes that make our faces more beautiful than anyone else, I don't think. Okay? But what are they saying? And, and you, you know what they're saying. But they're saying things like this. Your bodies are just natural. They're not all decorated up. They're not all scarred up. Uh, you're, 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 you're clean. You, your bodies are covered. Uh, you, you look you look neat and, and, and uh, you can go on with various things. See, in, in contrast, it's in contrast to what so much of the world around us looks like. Where, where their, their face and their body is all dolled up with, with, with things. Uh, it, it, their clothes look like they're, they're trying to, but they can't. Uh, they look like maybe they need to put on some more clothes to be in public. And, and that kind of thing. You see the contrast? And so people look at us sometimes and say, you people are so beautiful. Something just jumps out at me. And they use the word beautiful sometimes. Another thing that has happened and has been said to me in the last, well, I know in the last couple of years somebody said this. Somebody was actually at this place for a, when, after someone had died and, and there was a viewing here. And there was a lot of children around here. And, and, and this person made a comment, your children, your children are so beautiful or so nice. Your children are so well-adjusted. You know, they're around here playing with each other nicely. You know, when I go to other places and see children, they're all sitting around with their little, with their little electronic gadgets. You know, just sitting around by themselves, you know, doing like this, you know, so they contrasted what they see in the world with what they saw in our children playing nicely around here. And something very similar to that happened again sometime after that. Talking about our children relating to each other in a respectful way and not sitting around with little electronic boxes. You know. Well, that's beautiful. The beauty of holiness. I, I know I said this in one other sermon one time, I don't know what the message was, but I said to you, I kind of confessed that, you know, that song that we probably was first published in, 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 in a Mennonite song book was in Life Songs number two. Um, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and the beauty of holiness and the beauty of holiness. Okay, so that refrain comes before the three verses, okay? And when we would sing it, we would always go back after we sing every verse and go back and sing the refrain, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness. Okay. What I was confessing that I remember seeing that and I didn't even think about what I was singing. I could say it and I could sing it, but I wasn't thinking about the beauty of holiness. What that actually meant. And uh, thankfully, I have given a little more thought in the last few years. Uh, it's right out of the Scripture. This place we're looking at here in 1 Chronicles 
what is it, 16 verse 29, is, is only one place that that phrase is used. It's used a few other times in the Bible. The beauty of holiness. It's beautiful. Let's look then at... Uh, Let's go to the writings of Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1 and uh, verse 2. 1 Peter 1 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now the word holiness is not used in the verse here in the King James Version coming from the Greek. But the word sanctification there, the, the root for that would be parallel with the meaning of the Hebrew word for that is also interpreted holiness. So that's a long way of saying that sanctification there is, is, is very parallel with the word holiness. Okay, making holy. Did I say already that obedience and holiness are used right close together various times in the Scripture? Of course, you've just seen it again, right in the middle of verse two. Through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience. And if you're having trouble, I must say it again, with being submissive and obedient to those in authority over you, whether it be God Himself or the church or your parents or the government officials, then it's questionable whether you're having a good walk with the Lord and He sees you as really holy because you're fighting against something that He designed for all of us. And that's not holiness. Verses 13 to 16. Verses 13 to 16. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the for the grace that is be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means all manner of lifestyle or in, in your living. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Verse 14, Obedient. Verse 15, Holy. Verse 22, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Again, purified is parallel. When you look at the, the basic, the root word there is parallel with holy. Uh, very closely related. The word holy is not used in this verse, as you see, of course. Seeing ye have purified 
or, or cleansed or made holy your souls in obeying the truth. I didn't write down how many times obedience and holiness is closely right side by side in various verses. So you can do that for yourself if you'd like to. But I'm just pointing out a number of them to you right here this morning. Now, in chapter 2, I want to show that. Remember, we talked about Aaron and he was the high priest. And he wore this thing and said, Holiness unto the Lord. Uh, the New Testament says we are priests and kings before Him. Uh, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we can, be, we can go right straight to God like a priest of the Old Testament. So let's look at a couple of verses here in, in, in chapter 2 where Peter brings out this concept. Chapter 2, verse uh, 5. Verse 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. That's you and me. If we're in right standing with God. If we've allowed the blood of Jesus to cleanse us and we can be priests before an holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You see, in the Old Testament, only the those in authority, those priests could offer up the special sacrifices. Peter says, now you and I can do it. And holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Then look at verse 9. Verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's other places in the writings of Peter we could look at, but we don't have time to look at them all this morning. Um, but let's look at one yet in, in chapter. Um, yes, 1 Peter still, chapter 3. 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 5 and the first part of verse 6. Chapter 3 now, verse 5 and the first part of verse 6. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women, notice you use the word holy there, holy, holy women also who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham. Let's stop there. It, it's several things I'll just, you know, quickly mention a couple things there. It, it mentions they were it says holy women. What did they, they trusted in God. They adorned themselves. It's talking about how, how a woman should dress. So if they were holy. They trusted in God. They, they dressed the right way. And they were subject to their husbands. Several things right there you see. In that one or two verses. Let's look at John chapter 17 now. 
John chapter 17. And right away when we say John chapter 17, many of you are thinking, uh, yes, I know that, that is a passage, uh, one of Jesus' prayers. A prayer of Jesus, and you're exactly right. Let's look at just several verses that are right together. You're going to be as, as holy. You're going to be as holy. You and I will be as holy as we are connected to the Word of God. And to the message of God. Yes, by His written Word and His living Word, Jesus Christ. As much as we are connected that to His message to us, to His communication to us, that's how holy we will be. Let's see what Jesus said about His Word uh, in a few verses here in John chapter 17. Beginning at verse 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word. You want the joy of the Lord to be in your heart? When, when the holiness of God is in you, I already suggested that then you'll have joy and peace. It's called the beauty of holiness. It's called a beauty fulfilled. Because you have the joy of the heart of the Lord in your heart because He's right beside you. You're saying a yay and amen to everything He says. And you're living that way. And the joy of the Lord is in you and, and you feel so beautiful inside. And so Jesus used the word joy right here at the end of verse 13. And right behind it, He said, it's because of the Word. I have given them Thy Word. And since they have your word, God, then they can be joyful. They can know what the beauty of holiness is. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that they shouldest be taken out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify, the word holy is not in this passage here, I don't believe, but the word sanctify is, and sanctified, and that's why I'm looking at it. And I've already told you that you take the, the, the Greek root of this, and, and then it's parallel in meaning, very similar in meaning, to the Hebrew holy. Okay? Make them holy. In fact, as I noted, my Bible says for, for sanctify here in verse 17, it says make them holy. So that's why we're looking at this. Sanctify them or make them holy through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I repeat, when you're close to the word, when you're saying yes and amen to the word, which is the truth, then that will do a lot for your holiness and for the beauty of holiness in your heart. Make them holy through thy word, through, through your word, God. That's what Jesus said. 
Verse 18, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified or made holy. He repeats, Through the truth, which is the Word of God. I think it's fair for us to ask ourselves a question here this morning. Um, where are we getting our truth from? How much time are we spending with the Word? So you could ask yourself, and, and me too, how much time I spend in a day with my telephone? I don't have one. I have a little flip phone, but I don't bring it to church. How much time do I spend looking at my screen, whether it be with your phone or your big screen on your desk or your whatever all the other terms they use for them today? How much time am I spending with that? And then how much time am I spending like this? How much time am I spending in prayer? You know, I don't have to say it anymore, but you know what, what I'm thinking in my verse. But we can waste so much time seeing what somebody else is doing around the world and all these people are doing and what's the latest in this and what great feat this person did and all that kind of stuff and you could go on and on and make a tremendous list of what we use the internet for. Various aspects of social media. Spend so much time, waste so much time doing that and then have so little time to read the Bible and pray. Yes, we would say we would like to be holy before God. But it won't happen that way. <clears throat> Jesus said here that we'll be holy and made and sanctified and have joy in our hearts and so forth through the Word, through the Word of God. <clears throat> uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I uh, brought this to your attention on Wednesday night. And, uh, but the word holy is in here and, and it's very important that, that we look at it together. I won't take but a, a moment or two with it. But all of you can pretty well repeat verses 1 and 2. But it says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove it as good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that comes first. And all these relationships in the next bunch of verses there won't happen right, it won't happen correctly, and will have difficulty happening. If we're not living, verses 1 and 2. 
thing that, that, that stuck out to me as I was preparing for this is various places where holiness is spoken about, the word holiness or holy is spoken about, and right very close to it, it talks about relationships between people in the church. And this course is a shining example. But there's other places where it talks about holiness and then relationships or love in the brotherhood. That's interesting. First Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians, this is 2 Corinthians by the way. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians and chapter 6. Um, beginning at verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 14. Be not be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I know it's laughable to some people of the world, I'll say, to hear that our church doesn't have television. But we have the trash of the world right here in a little box in our pocket. And it's all right there just by pushing a couple little buttons. Not even about just touching the screen. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm sure that's laughable to, to some people, to many people. No, we don't have television. We just have the internet. It really makes no sense. To many. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, back to holiness and fear of God. One of the ways, one of the ways you can take a, a temperature of a people, your own temperature and the temperature of a congregation, temperature of a group is uh, is ask this question: Who are their heroes? Who are their heroes? Uh, parents, who are your children's heroes? Or maybe parents, who are your heroes? You, you know, how much time is spent on various social medias uh, seeing uh, 
who are the heroes in basketball and, and football and, and racing and, and you could go on and on and on of course with a great big list heroes and uh, how well your children know about these heroes and, and, and how they can talk to you about these heroes and so forth and so on that, that can tell you a lot about spiritual tendency of the people to know who their heroes are in other words, what's important? It's important to them. And it's, it's, it's right in our pockets. It's so easy to get to today. Um, okay, we need to close. Uh, I'll close with, with, um, with two scriptures. One is a prayer, um, a prayer from the Apostle Paul. And uh, it may be uh, maybe it, it's a good prayer for for any church leader to, to pray over his people and for his people and to his people. First, First Thessalonians it is chapter three. First Thessalonians chapter three, beginning at verse eleven. First Thessalonians three, beginning at verse um, eleven. Now God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end He may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, with all His saints. Two verses in, in Hebrews, and this will close then. Hebrews chapter 12. Again, when we turn to chapter 11 and 12 of Hebrews, many of you know the setting there, chapter 11. You've got a great hall of faith. And, uh, and then in chapter 12, continuing with some thoughts to go right along with that, uh, after we've noticed those great men of faith, men and women of faith. But in chapter 12, just two verses, that is, first of all, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And then verse 14. Verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Here we have a closing song.